Well, so glad you could join us tonight. My name is not Chris Renwick. I'm Sean Belegian sitting in for Chris Renwick. Is it, it is indeed a pleasure to be with you on a Sunday night. You get a double dose of uh, me tonight. Uh, Bill Keenis will be along a little bit after 7 o'clock as we have a gridiron wrap, kind of wrap up everything that is taking place in and around the great state of Michigan and uh, the great game of football tonight. Obviously uh, I have a feeling a lot of people are kind of watching Fox right now. Uh, Lions and Rams uh, currently 17, 16 in case uh, you're one of those people that are not watching at uh, 17, 16 Lions just went for it deep in uh, Ram territory on a fourth and one. They could have kicked the field goal to take the lead. Uh, they got stuffed on a fourth and one, so they hand the ball back over to the Rams. Rams currently up 17 to 16. Matthew Stafford, 19 to 28, 186 yards and two touchdowns at Jared Goff, 12 of 21 for a buck 77 and a touchdown. Now, you know, the crazy thing about this, Jason. Uh, this weekend in the NFL, and I've got some NFL questions for you, my friend, Okay. on this evening. Um, did you happen to see the point spreads in a couple of these 4 o'clock games today? I did. Uh, this one, I believe, got up to 16.5. The Bears were 12.5-point underdogs, and I believe the Cardinals were 17.5-point favorites. Is, isn't that crazy? I mean, that that's just not what the league wants. No. And I'll say this, and, you know, Bill Keenest and I were talking about this last week. I think the NFL's kind of lived a charmed life with some of the scheduling this year. So far, uh, there have been some uh, darn good games in quote-unquote primetime and some great late afternoon games. I know one game that uh, poor Jason, you were stuck working with us last week, and I know for a fact that you had an eye on the happenings in Foxborough. Oh, yeah. Week. I yes, know you I did. did. And I guess all is well that ends well there. More on uh, your beloved Cowboys in just a second. Uh, but this afternoon, hey, I'll tell you what, Tampa's doing what they were supposed to do. They are up 35 to 3 on the Bears at halftime. Uh, in case you're wondering, Tom Brady with four, four touchdown passes at the half. And he just, uh, I believe, the. Th- what does he have? He said four. His third was his 600th of his career. It's in, absolutely incredible. I mean, it, yeah, need I remind you he's 44 years old? I, I mean, it's just insane. It really is. He uh, came into this one with 17 touchdowns as it is, so he's having just a phenomenal season. Uh, the Cardinals uh, look to be pulling away a little bit. That was tight, but the Cardinals now up 17-5, to five, and as I mentioned, uh, we'll we'll keep you up to date with the happenings uh, in Inglewood, uh, where the Rams have a 17 to 16 lead over the line. So let me ask you this: I, I know that uh, again, most Lion fans are watching this game right now. If you're not, well, we're glad that you're here. And uh, to the people out there that maybe aren't Lion fans, uh, you know what I wanted to do with you very quickly tonight. Can we do a legitimate or not legitimate of of the early happenings in the National Football League? Absolutely. I want to ask you about some of the teams that that are are doing well so far, and uh, ascertain if they are legitimate or not legitimate. Okay. You want you want to play around with absolutely, me real quick? yeah. Let's start in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills. They are definitely a contender. 
I agree with you. Uh, Josh Allen's just a a freak. Oh, I love him. And, I love him. <laughs> yeah, me too. And uh, yeah, so Buffalo, they've got they they've got. Uh, I mean, both sides of the ball, they're they're they look good. So I, I definitely think they they're uh, they could have a big playoff run, long playoff run. All right, this is a team that we were talking about just last week on the show that I do with Darren McCarty on Friday night. So if by some chance you listen to that show, you already know my feelings about this. The Cincinnati Bengals. I'm intrigued to hear what you have to say. Very shocking today in that one. What, 41-17 to at Baltimore. Uh, Their previous three trips there, they scored 36 combined going to Baltimore. Oh, I don't know. You know, the Bengals, uh, it's, it's... I like that team a lot. I, I'll go ahead and say it. I, yeah. I said it last week when we were talking about the the Lions-Bengals matchup, and a lot of people were saying, hey, is this the week the Lions get one? And I, I, I said, you know, I went all Lee Corso. I, not so fast. I think this is a young, exciting team. People forgot how good Joe Burrow is. Yeah, he's very good. He's very good. And they've... And this one, um, I or the the Bengals Lions game last week, I, I I leaned toward the Bengals. It's the Eagles game next week for the Lions that yep. uh, I'm telling because the Eagles are are laying another stinker today. So that was uh, way back in the summer. Uh, I I thought that their first win would come uh, on Halloween at home against the Eagles. We'll wait and see how that plays. Yeah, I mean, right. It still could be today. You never yeah. know. It would be a yeah. Lions thing to do to win this one, wouldn't it? Isn't that the truth? <laughs> uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, yes, they're definitely a contender. Uh, despite what uh, happened today, Lamar Jackson is, is great, and um, I think they could have a long playoff run as well. So, yeah, I'm into the Ravens. All right. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yo, man, uh, me and Chris talked about the Chargers a few. I mean, it might have been last week on Saturday. I had asked Chris, "Do you think the the Chargers are for real?" And he said, "Yes, absolutely." I said, "Do you think they can win a, the AFC?" Absolutely. And then they went out and lost to Baltimore, thirty-four to six. So Baltimore's confusing after today. The Chargers were confusing after last week. But I think uh, Justin Herbert is awesome. I think they they definitely could win the AFC. I missed on Justin Herbert something fierce. You know, I think. We all like to talk about the guys, and Josh Allen is one of them. You know, uh, you might remember, Jason, and listeners out there might remember, um, Scott Bischoff and I have done shows forever. I loved Josh Allen, and I never hesitate to tell people how much I loved Josh Allen, as now he's proved uh, the doubters wrong. The flip side to that is I I was almost mystified at all the to-do over Justin Herbert because when I saw him in college, he was all right. Uh, but I, I agree with you. He is something. Los Angeles, or see, old habits die hard. Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders. Hmm. I'm going to say uh, they're more of a pretender. I agree with you. And it's their their defense has been suspect. Offensively, they looked pretty good. They got a good running back in, in Jacobs. Uh, they're... The receiving core to me is a little thin. Uh, Henry Ruggs is, is has a chance to be great, but I don't think he's put it all together yet. It's second year though, you know. But yeah, I think the Raiders. I think the Raiders would fall. I was just about to say eight and eight, but eight and nine, nine and eight, maybe miss the playoffs. Like that. Yeah. All right. Here's an interesting one: the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, now their defense has has been pretty bad the last three years they won a super bowl by outscoring teams now they're not outscoring teams now um 
they're the teams are getting to Mahomes. They're flustering him more. I know he was better out of the pocket um, in previous years, but even today when he was flushed out of the pocket, he threw a pick. Um, I say they do make the playoffs. I say um, I say like a first round exit, maybe. I agree. Uh, boy, I hate to be in agreement with you, but it, it sounds like you and I are both. Uh, uh, you know, one thing I hate about like sports talk radio is sometimes when guys say something that they really don't mean just to to, to raise an eyebrow or right. something. I I have concerns about the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they they were at times unwatchable today. And oh, I, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from the Titans, who by the way I think are very very legitimate because uh, we we kind of skipped over them. Yes. Uh, but I've got some concerns about the Kansas City Chiefs. Quite frankly, Jason, yeah. on both sides of the ball. I really do. Yeah, I oh, absolutely. I do, too, yeah. All right, uh, it is Sports Wrap. Sean Belegian sitting in for Jason Fissler. We're not going to do all football. We'll quickly blow through the NFL. Want to talk about the World Series uh, forthcoming. I think the Braves are just a great, great story. Uh, talk about, of course, the big game coming up next Saturday in East Lansing. The first time that these two teams were unbeaten heading into this game since 2010. We'll do that and more. It is Sports Wrap. So glad you could join us on a Sunday night right here on 760 WJR. Welcome back in. Sean Belegian sitting in for Chris Renwick tonight. Glad you can join us wherever you may be here on 760 WJR. Sitting uh, with my pal Jason Fistler. Uh, Jason I want to finish this uh, legit or not legit okay. uh, look at the at the National Football League by switching over to the NFC. Arizona Cardinals, I don't think we have to debate much about this. They are, to me, Jason, this is what the Lions want to be in a couple years when they grow up. Um, it's not that long ago a lot of people said the Cardinals were going to be bad for many years, but uh, you make some good moves, uh, you make some uh, nice picks, and all of a sudden, you find yourself in the Cardinals' position uh, right now. Cardinals, the only unbeaten team looking to go 7-0. and I really like this Cardinal team. Yeah, I do too. And just a few years ago, they drafted Josh Rosen, and they quickly put the kibosh to that. Following year, they take Kyler Murray. They're off to the races. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, their defense looks great. DeAndre Hopkins on offense. I mean, just a loaded team, and they look great so far. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, I'm going to give a thumbs up there. Yeah, despite what we're watching right now, uh, it looks like the Lions are setting up to take the lead. Um, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford is always going to be a concern for people because he he hasn't had any playoff runs. So how he reacts once they get there is is going to be interesting to see. Lions do hit a 31-yard field goal, uh, take a 19-17 lead over the Rams out in L.A. with a buck 43 to go in the third quarter. Uh, Tampa Buccaneers, okay, we'll just move on. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay Packers, I, I think we can move on there as well. Yes. Uh, I mean, Aaron, I've, I've said this for years, as long as there is air in Aaron Rodgers' lungs, I'm going to be afraid of the Packers. It's just that simple. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. Here we go. You ready? I'm ready. The Dallas Cowboys. Oh, those Dallas Cowboys. Before you go, may I throw mine out there? Sure. I like this team. And and I have been somebody, Jason, as you well know, I, I save you the grief because I know you're a big fan. But, I, I mean, there has been more talk and bluster about the Cowboys 
for the last 15 years. And yeah. this is a franchise that, that quite frankly, doesn't warrant it. You know, if you want to no. go back to the 90s and, and even Tom Landry's era, sure, you can, you can understand it. But the last 15 years, it's been much ado about nothing. But, uh, Jason, I like this team. I like them defensively. I, I like that they're taking some of the pressure off of Zeke uh, with Pollard. I like their offensive weapons. Dak Prescott is playing like a man possessed. I like this Cowboy team. I, I'm very intrigued at this team. So the last time I felt really good about this, the, the Dallas Cowboys was back in 2014. Uh, they had DeMarco Murray running the ball. Tony Romo was playing well. They were one game short of the conference championship. And then after that, it just continued. This is, a you know, Jason Garrett's teams were eight, you know, a lot of eight and eights. Sometimes they'd win the division. Uh, then they finally make the coaching change. Last year kind of looks like the same old thing, but to me, last year doesn't count at all for anything. <laughs> so, and then I, you look at this team this year, and it's definitely not the norm, the normal Dallas Cowboy team. That you know, the defense vastly improved. It helps when you have a Trayvon Diggs, one or two interceptions a week. Like you said, uh, Zeke's getting pressure taken off him by pop. the running game is also giving Dak a chance to not. You know, there's a few games like last week where he had to throw it 50 times. But he can do that. But you don't want him to do that every week. So I, I for sure, this. But man, I tell you, as being a fan, you're scared of all the other NFC teams around you. You know, because it's the NFC's loaded. It is. You know, there's no doubt about that. So uh, it's interesting. I, I I think that right now uh, at this early juncture, and the one thing we know in the National Football League today is, my gosh, things can change quickly. But I think the water is finding its level in many different places. Around and, and that's what I keep saying, Sean, because we're, we're there's six six games in in six games from now, things could look so much different. You just got to take it week by week. It really yeah. is. I mean, it, it it's one of those things, uh, Jason. I think what always cracks me up about the National Football League is is there was a time not that long ago where at the beginning of the year, you know, if you were prognosticating what a team was going to look like, chances are they were right around that mark, and and now. Boy, it always seems like a team that we thought was going to be uh, very good to exceptional uh, struggles and a team seemingly comes out of nowhere and ends up being a darn good team. I mean, that's what we've seen out of the NFL for a few years now. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that's fun. That's what's, that, that's it's good for the league. Speaking of fun, uh, cheesy radio segue <laughs> there. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. You and I have worked together for many, many years yes. in, in a uh, one capacity or another, and I don't know if you have a horse in this race. I'm not sure you and I have ever had that uh, conversation. Uh, I'm not just saying this uh, because, of course, 760 WJR is your home for the Spartans. I think anybody that knows me right. uh, knows that um, I, I'm bleeding the green and white. There's no other way to say that. But I will also throw this out there, Jason. Isn't this what we've all wanted? A legitimate Michigan and a legitimate Michigan State, uh, both unbeaten in the since 2010. That's the first time since 2010 both teams are unbeaten. Uh, both ranked very highly meeting in East Lansing on Saturday. It's not as fun when the other guy is down. I don't care what anybody says. I I... I really going to enjoy the hype this week oh god yeah you know I'm, I, I am um i am a michigan fan 
but I am a how do I say this? I am I'm I'm more of an NFL guy than college, but as far as Michigan goes, I'm a beaten down Wolverines fan because it almost seems sometimes, especially in in the last what fifteen years, that you just with the 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 Ohio State game, you just there's no hope. There's been no hope that that they'd win the game that they're, they're going to. I have no hope they're going to win that game. And yes, it'd be nice to like you know if they say they go undefeated and they get to the Ohio State game and they lose it, you know, then that's going to be disappointing. It's like. It's almost like that's I'm beaten down. Call me when they beat Ohio State. Sure, you know, and and <laughs> and that's you know that's I mean, it, and the, unfortunately that's the last game of the season. So everything they do before that, it's it's nice to be undefeated, but you know now we're we're getting into the real meat and potatoes, and let we'll see. Now I I slightly favor Michigan State this week. They're at home, so you know, but I. That's it, to me. It's a toss-up this game this weekend. It's going to be fun, and I don't even know what the spread is. Just okay. saw it. As a matter of fact, it's funny you bring that up. Michigan is an early favorite by three and a half okay. at East Lansing. Hmm. Uh, I have said this for years, and I know that Michigan fans get very angry at me for saying this. Okay, and especially this this happened during the D'Antonio era. If you look back at some of those Michigan Michigan State games where where the the line was quizzical where you raised an eyebrow and you're saying wait a second Michigan State is probably better in this game um there's a reason why lines sit the way that they do because I think what they try to do is they try to take advantage of of some slappydom uh fandom if you will and 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 get uh, the the number up there was a string where state covered the number and and covered it mightily for many many years uh, at home, Michigan State getting three and a half. Uh, that is one of those uh, lines that I think you're begging uh, some of the Michigan fans to say, yeah, 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 I'm going to jump in on that. Yeah. I'm going to jump in on that. Uh, it looks like a trap to me. I'm not going to lie to you. Jason. Yeah, it yeah, definitely. Like a little it, trap does. To me. it does. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see how it plays out. But uh, noon kickoff in East Lansing, of course, we'll have all the action for you right here, starting with uh, Steve Courtney and the fantastic job that they do uh, with the countdown to the kickoff in East Lansing. And then, of course, Michigan and Michigan State next week. What's interesting about this year's version to me, okay, is I think one man's opinion. I think both fans are afraid to jump out of that on that ledge and go, we're legitimate. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. Right, right now, Jason, if you look at this, both of these teams, I, I mean, for sure in Michigan State's case, and, and very close in Michigan's case, have already expe- ex- exceeded the expected win totals. I mean, I remember talking with Darren McCarty and seeing it all over uh, social media uh, back when the season started. And, you know, hey, if the Spartans can get to six and six, that would be great. Just get to a bowl game in Mel Tucker, Tucker's second year. And conversely, hey, if Jim Harbaugh can get seven, maybe eight wins out of this season, uh, that might be a victory. And I think that's what makes it strange because both fan bases, whether they want to admit it or not, Jason, yep. one man's opinion, are both sitting there going, okay, when's the other shoe going to drop? Is it going to be Michigan that 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 makes us – 
hold our tummies? Is it going to be state that makes a Michigan fan hold their tummy? You know what I mean? Right. And so that's what makes this so intriguing going into this game is you have two fan bases that maybe aren't quite buying in yet in regards to how legitimate both these teams are. Because I'm a firm believer, you're 7-0. and You are what your record indicates, okay? We can talk about who they've played, who they haven't played, but both teams are 7-0. and But the question is, all right, can I broaden my horizons? Can I think about maybe, just maybe, gulp, making a run at the East Division? And I think that's what's interesting about this one heading in. You, you definitely, and whoever gets their first loss, obviously, is going to take a step back. And again, it's it's there, there's you know there's Ohio State lurking because the Ohio State's going to face the Spartans and then the Wolverines in their last two games. To me, that's always floating around. It's like oh man, and then you see them last night, fifty four to seven. You know, they looks like they've they've done it so many times where they've gotten a, an early loss, and then they, by the end of the year, it's like they're just clicking on all cylinders so uh but i think you're right that both fan base because both fan bases not one of the other is going to say hey we're gonna kick your butt this week or anything like that you know it's, it, we'll see what happens because with the last four or five games of the of the season for both teams they could easily both finish with say nine wins or something like that and then you know i mean it was it it, it is fun that they're undefeated but it, 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 i as a michigan fan i'm looking bigger picture and i just still go ah you know, so. <laughs> well, what's interesting about this is obviously the uh, the winner of this game. You know, you're in that position of controlling your own destiny, and that's all one can that's, ask. Yeah, right, mm-hmm. should be a great game. Looking forward to it uh, next Saturday, and of course, you can hear it right here on your home for Michigan State 760 WJR. When we come back, talk a little bit about the AL and NL Championship Series and. Look ahead to the World Series. So much to do. Glad you could join us on a Sunday night right here, 760 WJR. Well, good evening. So glad you could join us. Sports Wrap here on a Sunday night. Sean Belegian sitting in for uh, Chris Renwick, uh, Jason, have you been into the MLB playoffs uh, much? I, I am. I got to be honest with you. I love, love what the Atlanta Braves are doing. Oh, um, me too. Yeah, I really do. I mean, 88 win team. Nobody gave them a chance against the Milwaukee Brewers. Nobody gave them a chance against the 106 win Los Angeles Dodgers. And they are just a fun team to watch yeah they that series unbelievable uh i'm a big freddie freeman fan i love him max freed has pitched really well this postseason they're doing this without acuna but they did make some they made some pretty good uh deals at the trade deadline so um yeah it's been it's been fun to watch and i'm definitely rooting for the braves to win it all not because of houston and all that stuff but it's amazing that that they're back again you know but I'm sitting back and I, I am just marveling at a guy like Eddie Rosario, who I think Tiger fans will remember Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario had some good years uh, with the Minnesota Twins back in the day. He really did. You know, I mean, one year that has to stick out to you is in uh, 2019, 32 homers, 109 RBI. Uh, he hit 276, had an OPS of 800. 
three straight years of an OPS over 800 uh, with the Twins. And, and then it just seems like, you know, the power kind of went away. And then, well, the postseason started. I mean, well, he, he was he was been on fire. Yeah, and he he began the year in Cleveland. He was he was yep. a free agent, went to Cleveland, and that didn't work out. the The, the lineup there didn't support him very well, and uh, he was hitting cleanup for them. But I think he had like I want to say he had like six home runs when he was traded to the Braves, and then um, a resurgence. So it's just one of those things that just didn't work out in in Cleveland for him. But he's having fun now. By the way, uh, again, in case you're not able to follow, uh, the Rams just went right down the field, scored a touchdown, Stafford to cup for five yards, uh, then got the two-point conversion. They have taken a 25-19 to lead over the Lions with 13.59 to go in the fourth quarter. Stafford now 305 yards and three scores against his former team. Uh, getting back to this, though, Jason, Eddie Rosario, uh, in case people have not noticed this, this is what this young man is doing in the postseason. And, and I say young man because, I mean, he's still only 30 years old. And if you have seen Eddie Rosario, I, the, the guy looks like a baby. I have no other way to say that. Uh, he is hitting 474 in the postseason. You don't have to clean your ears. I, I You heard that correctly. 474 in the postseason so far, an OPS of 13-13, three home run, 11 RBI. He is just lighting it up. And I, I'm with you. I Look, it was cute and funny to poke fun at the Houston Astros for a couple of years. And, I, Jason, I don't know about you. Yeah. That is forever going to have an asterisk next to it. There's sure. nothing oh, yeah. they can do to stop that. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. But. With that being said, kudos to them. Uh, I don't think a lot of people pick the Astros as the favorite to come out of the American League. Uh, they are getting it done at the right time. And, and quite frankly, I think everybody knows about their lineup. Everybody knows about their lineup. But I, what maybe isn't getting enough love, Jason, is is this pitching staff. I, this, this pitching staff is a pretty darn good pitching staff, and that's what's going to make this a special World Series as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think so, too. And they they, uh, they silenced a pretty good Boston lineup. And um, so now Houston and Atlanta, that's it's going to be a fun series. Uh, both teams have good pick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Braves in six. No, no, so no. am I. It's funny you mm. say that. I, 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 just, I think the Braves have a little – mojo thing going on you yeah know? right they got the, the they got the momentum at the right time and I, you know i wanted to i wanted to ask you and this is uh to to something that uh you know everybody out there obviously you can you know have an opinion one way or another about this it has been a long standing argument in the sporting world which time of year is the best time of year um is it is it october when there's a convergence of not only the four major sports uh, but you have college football going in full swing. College football, which I might add, just seems to be getting bigger and bigger every year. Jason, it's funny you yeah. mentioned that that you know you're more of an NFL guy. Yeah. Point blank, as as my as I've gotten older in life, I find myself becoming more and more and more of a college football fan. You know, I'm yeah. lucky to call some college games for Wayne State and 
uh, Heisman Trophy voter, and I just love the college game. And that's not to demean or dismiss the NFL, uh, but gun to my head, who am I going to pick? I'm going to pick college. Is that the best time of year, or is it, you know, April, where you've got, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs are starting, baseball's just getting underway, Um, March Madness is just coming to an end, you've got the Masters, you've got so many things going on. Uh, do you have a preference one way or the other, Jason? I do. I, I love April, <clears throat> excuse me, because uh, I love March Madness, and then I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest baseball fan, so baseball's coming around. Um, so for me, it's, it's, that, it's when the tournament starts, and for me, it lasts all the way through like the first couple weeks of April with uh, baseball starting. Okay. Fair enough. I, I'm going to go with October, and I know that's probably going to surprise people because anybody that knows me, I'm a hockey fan first. I don't hide it, and I don't think that there's anything better, anything better than the Stanley Cup playoffs. It just it gives me a rush like anybody else. Everybody's got their own opinion. I I like this time of year. I I like the Saturday. I'll give you an example, like last night where. You can sit there and and watch the Wings and Habs, and obviously uh, the Wings aren't too happy about what transpired out in Montreal. And you can flip on and and watch, you know, usually a pretty good college football game at night. I think it's just a Saturdays are very special, you know, this time of year. So, again, gun to my head, I think I might pick this time of year because so many different things are going on at the same time. And I think I also pick April because, you know, usually, of course, with us in Michigan, we're looking forward to the warm. That doesn't always mean the warm weather's coming, but it, it's closer than we are now. Uh, so <laughs> I think that gets me a little more fired up, too. Well, it really is one of those things um, where, you know, I, I think that's what makes the start of baseball season so special. I mean, it's the hope springs eternal stuff. I mean, this is the year that our team's going to get it turned around and, you know, the the good weather's coming and you're going to be able to go to, you're going to be able to go to the the game, you know, with your friends, with your kids, whatever the case may be. So uh, there's some, certainly some magic about that, but uh, Jason, both you and I, my goodness gracious, we're, we're in, in lockstep. I, I, I like, I like the Braves in this series. Yeah. I, I, I just, I think they got something going. Do you know what it reminds me of a, a little bit? And I hate to say it, uh, in 2006, you know, the Tigers had all that mojo going and they got hot against the Yankees, as you recall, and mm-hmm. ended up taking the Yankees out in four and and then swept the A's and everybody, you know, where were you when Maglio hit the home run and everything? But it was almost like everybody forgot that there was this team called the St. Louis Cardinals that scratched and clawed their way to get into the playoffs. And when that World Series started, uh, it it was like two different teams, and it it just seemed like that World Series was over so fast because, you know, the the Cardinals just had it going on. You know, it was a struggle to even right. get into the playoff, and you know they were they were such an under afterthought with so many people. It uh, I don't know why it 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 kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Well, Jay. the only thing that prolonged uh, that series a little bit was was the weather, uh, because I remember one of the games was rained out. And yeah, the Cardinals were an 83 win team that year, and if I'm not mistaken, not too long uh, before that is when they established the wild card. Yeah. So yeah, both teams, yeah, both teams were were kind of riding that momentum, and oh, and it was just you know, the Tigers throwing the ball all over the yard yeah. and this and that. It's like you know what, but it was it was nice for them to get there because we didn't no one expected that. 
And then, uh, you, you know, you then you fast forward to 2012, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is it. This team's finally going to win a World Series, and they didn't. And... The one that got away to me, I've said this for years, and I'm going to continue to say it. Everybody talks about 2006 and 2012. 2013 was their best chance. That that team was yeah. absolutely loaded. And um, contrary to what people say, that series wasn't over when Big Poppy hit the big home run. There were so many opportunities even after that for the Tigers to dispatch of the Boston Red Sox, and they didn't. I'm always going to look back at 2013 as the one that got away. That was the one that that really, really bugged me, Jay. Um, I, I remember right. yeah. sitting with my son after, uh, um, you know, the, the, the Tigers had that opportunity to, you know, take advantage of things and, and, and just saying, you know what, we're going to look back, and I think this is the one that we're going to say um, – Wow, the one that got away. And uh, I, I felt that way then, and I feel that way now because 2014, they just kind of got in on name only. And, you know, as you remember, the Orioles uh, kind of smoked them out of the playoff, and, and that yeah. was that. And now we wait for them to get good again. So, you know we'll what, though? They're definitely a um, lot to like about last year. And, no, you know, with knowing you got a, a, I mean, I can say he's a great manager. He is. Because he what seventy eight wins with this team this year? I mean, I agree with you. I, it's people pick I, them. I to worry win. about. I worry about the parts around him. I, I'm yeah. all in on AJ Hinch, but I, I got to be honest with you. I have questions aplenty about uh, this roster. It's it's nice that they got to this point, but now it's time to na- take the next step. Absolutely. Do they have the appropriate pieces? And, and quite frankly, do they have the general manager that can go out and get those pieces? Because just one man, one man. I've got my doubts about Alavila. Very nice gentleman. Nobody can say anything negative about him, but I certainly have my doubts about some of the things that Al Avila has done. Now, we'll wrap up uh, Sports Wrap on a Sunday night. Bill Keenis waiting in the wings. We'll talk to Bill Keenis in just a few minutes as well as we have Football Wrap right here on 760 WJR. Well, Sean Belegian sitting in for Chris Renwick here tonight. Double duty as we have uh, Bill Keenis coming on in a few minutes here on 760 WJR. We will have a grid iron wrap just to keep you abreast of what is happening out in Inglewood. The Lions trail 25 to 19 with 541 to go in the fourth quarter and are sitting on the Ram 12 yard line at a second and 10. So obviously, um, you know, the way Dan Campbell coaches anyway, I don't expect them uh, settling for three and trying to get the ball back. I have a feeling that they are going to go for the jugular here elsewhere in the national football league, uh, Vegas on top of the Eagles, 33 to 14, Jared Goff just threw an interception. Uh, Jalen Ramsey picks it off at the two and returns it. Uh, to the LA 25. So that is a big, big turnover by, by a guy that, you know, he did not want to do that, especially against his former team Uh, elsewhere in the NFL uh, Vegas with a 33, 14 lead over the Eagles, Uh, Arizona with a 24 to five lead after three quarters 
Jason Fissler, what was the spread in that game? 18 and a half? 16 and a half. 16 and a half? Is that what the Hmm. Interesting. Very, very close. That uh, was wasn't the Rams play. Didn't it go off higher than that? Am, am I mistaken? The no, the, it was it was at the fifteen and the, and the Texans. That was seventeen and a half. Yeah, seventeen and yeah. a half. Okay, so it's it's very very close at twenty four to five. Well, very, yeah, even if the Rams score close. again, it's a twelve point lead. So, uh, and then there's not much time left, so they still won't cover. Yeah, I was talking about. Sorry, my for the confusion. I was talking about the Cards and Texans. Oh, okay, twenty four to five. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That one at twenty-four to five, right around the number. So uh, some people sweating with that one. Uh, they aren't sweating as Tampa's all over the Bears at uh, thirty-five to three with thirteen minutes to go. Start, I some- starters are still in that game too. Man, boy, they go they, they go pedal <laughs> to the metal, don't they? Yeah. I want to get into the Red Wings a little bit before we get out of here. Darren McCarty and I were talking about this on Friday. If you haven't checked out our show, we cordially invite you to uh, check us out on. Uh, Friday night, Darren McCarty show, 7 o'clock right here on 760 WJR. What you are seeing out of the Detroit Red Wings thus far is exactly what they are. And what do I mean by that? This is a young team. And when you have a young team that has more of a talent influx than we've seen in quite some time here, um, you're going to see a young team do young team things. They are going to look exciting. They are going to look good. And then they are going to have stinkers. There's there's no other way to say that. Uh, Calgary really snuffed them out uh, at home the other night at Little Caesars Arena, winning three to nothing. And last night was, I mean, there's no other way to say it. It was a debacle, unless you're a Habs fan. Um, Montreal was due. They were 0-5. And when I say that they were playing poorly, you got to trust me when I say that. They were playing incredibly poorly. And you put it all together, and I'll tell you what, um, you have what we saw last night. Uh, no no other way to say that. Uh, just a, a smoking. Uh, they lose 6-1. to one. Now the big question is how do they bounce back as they fly from Montreal over to take on the Blackhawks in just a few minutes. Uh, tonight, uh, back-to-back on the road against a couple of original six teams. How do they bounce back? Well, being a young team, I bet you they go out and have a fantastic game tonight. Then that's what young teams do. To me, this year isn't so much about how well they do in the standings. And for what it's worth, I think that they're going to be in competition for a playoff spot, but finish just on the outside looking in. To me, it's watching the young players grow. And you have to like what you see out of most Cider so far. You have to like what you see out of Lucas Raymond so far. It really is something, though, where this is going to be a season of observation, not only for fans, but I think for Steve Eiserman as well. He came in here. I think he and Pat Verbeek came in here and knew there was a lot of work to be done. It wasn't going to be done overnight. It wasn't going to be done over the course of, of two or three seasons. This was a full-fledged, full-fledged, five-year plan. And I think that what you're seeing right now is a team that, quite frankly, I I think, Jason, they're right on course. I really do. If you're one of those fans that you're expecting miracles, I think you're going to be disappointed. The legitimate thing to do is to watch the young players grow and watch them uh, have their ups and downs because it's going to happen. That's what happens with young players. But 
I, I think we're watching something special here because you're starting to see how this team might just start to play out over the next few years. I, well, I think they're a much more exciting team than we've seen. That's for sure. It's, it's Steve Eiserman's track record. I mean, yep. that's in I he he's already proven that he can get it done. I think, and yeah, I mean, it's I think it's a bright future for the Red Wings with him running the organization if it goes like it did in Tampa. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fun, no doubt about that. Hey, Jason, this was a lot of fun. It was Absolutely. a pleasure sitting in with you. Uh, thanks for uh, chatting sports with us. As a guy that uh, grew up here listening to Sports Rap, it is always, always a pleasure uh, to sit in this chair and host this show. Make no mistake about that. So, Jason Fissler, thank you. Most importantly, thank you for listening to the show tonight. Don't go anywhere. You want some football talk? Well, a guy that can talk some football, he's seen it all. Bill Keenis coming up next with yours truly. It's Gridiron Wrap right here on 760 WJR. In the meantime, if you have to go away, have yourselves a wonderful night. Gridiron Wrap next right here on 760 WJR.